What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Provoking the Conversation podcast. You guys know who I am. It's Sean. Welcome to episode 50. We've done this 50 times. You've listened to me ramble on 50 times. You've listened to me talk about things that are serious 50 times. You've listened to me make jokes 50 times, 50 times. So for all of you who've been here since the jump, give yourself a pat on the back and congratulations. You've been able to stand me over an extended period of time. And we're going to do some more. Don't worry, I ain't done yet. So this episode, we're going to talk about a few things. And now, if it seems like I cut this episode a little bit short, it is Thursday night and the draft is on. For anybody who knows me, you know football is one of the top three priorities in my life. Yeah, I know it's weird. One of the top three priorities in my life are large men hitting each other in tight pants and shoulder pads and helmets. But, you know, it gets the job done. Everybody got their hobbies, right? So, anyways, yeah, the draft is on, so I ain't gonna belabor the points. I ain't gonna sit here forever, but I am gonna give you guys a show. So... We'll talk about today uh the justice department decided to charge uh the killers of Ab- ahmed alberry uh jake paul calls out dana white for those of you who don't know who those people are i will reiterate those to you and one of my favorite podcasts get back together the joe button podcast if you don't know who the joe button podcast is um i'll talk about them they've had some turmoil over the last month three weeks and it's going to lead me to a conversation about male friendships that maybe some of you who are females don't really know how they work but i'm gonna give you a kind of an outline give you some things that what i really think we could do better in our own friendships and really our male relationships so once again guys i love you guys thanks for joining me again and enjoy the show all right so let's just Let's go ahead and start with something quick and easy. So I just wanted to make this announcement in case you haven't heard. So the Justice Department will charge the three men involved with the Ahmed Arbery shooting or killing last year. So if you don't know who this is, Ahmed Arbery was a black man. He was killed um, during a run. He was going on a run by three white males. Um, This was one of the many series of events that happened last year, especially um, with everything that went on with George Floyd and all the other, um, I would say, murders that get some unique media attention. So they finally set a verdict. They find not a verdict. They finally said they're going to charge these men. Um, I hope these men get the extent of the law as they should deserve. Because unlike unlike some other things that have happened, unlike, you know, how some of these I like to call them fake um, patriots as people say, well, you know, George Floyd was a criminal and Dante Wright ran from the cops and all that good stuff. Um, unlike those examples, Ahmed Arbery was not doing anything except running. That's it. Yeah, yeah. When you're, when you're black, you get killed for running. Just like, you know, Trayvon Martin got killed for having a hoodie and Skittles. But, you know, that's a whole nother story. And I'm that's not this type of podcast. I'm not going to go on a rant today. I think you guys have heard that enough. Episode 50 is going to be nice, calm, and easy, Sean. Nice and easy. I'm going to get you guys out of here nice and easy. Like the pastor says in church, I'm not going to hold you long. Uh, you know, my pastor always likes to say, no, you got something in the oven at home, so I'm not going to hold you long. I'm not going to hold you long. But again, Ahmed Abe was killed for taking a jog. And, and if that doesn't, in a sense, paint an image to you about the fear of being black in America, then, look, I can't explain it to you any other way. The man went for a jog and ended up not going home. 
You know, I'm sure Dante Wright, when he left his house, was planned on going home, or at least being alive. I'm sure George Floyd thought the same thing. I'm sure Trayvon Martin didn't think that getting an iced tea and Skittles would cost him his life. You know? Michael Brown. I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, you guys know I know the names. And I don't know the names so I can use them as cool talking points during this podcast. It's like, ooh, Sean's such a social activist. He's He knows the names of Michael Brown and Trayvon. No, they fucking stick with me because they look just like me. Because they could have easily been me. Excuse my language. See, I said I wasn't going to get round up, but, you know. This... Anyways, you guys, you've been here for 50 episodes. You know how I get. These names stick with me because they look like me. Because it could have been me. Easily. Could have been me. If I pull up a list, all these, it could easily been me. Ahmed Arbery, I like to work out. If I'm going for a jog out here, they go, three white men go kill me because I'm black. I wear hoodies at night. I drink iced tea. Yeah, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what the results of that trial is. <laughs> we'll see. If they are convicted and or put in jail, we will see the results of that. Um, so, yeah. All right, let's talk about my man, Jake Paul. If you don't know who Jake Paul is... Once upon a time, he was a famous YouTuber. He is that no longer. Jake Paul has taken off in his professional boxing career. Well, can we call it professional? Yeah, we'll call it professional. So Jake Paul, former YouTuber, has been going around and he's been fighting boxing matches. His first fight was against Nate Robinson, who was a former basketball player, and he knocked him out. You know, they've been fighting on, I believe the name of the of the media company is Thriller. So they've been having pay-per-view fights with like celebrities and things like that to get some revenue. And there's been famous people like Snoop Dogg and things commentating it. It's been really a fun time. I haven't caught a fight, but from what people who have bought the pay-per-view, it seems entertaining. And it's, I like to say, it's kind of like sports for non-hardcore sports fans who want to be more entertained and want more recognizable names. Like, me and my dad are never going to watch that type of stuff. I'm not going to watch Jake Paul fight Floyd Mayweather, which is who he's fighting next, um, or Ben Askren, who he fought last time, or Nate Robinson. I'm not going to watch that shit. I'm not going to watch Roy Williams and, you know, Mike Tyson fight when they're old either. It, it, it's I'm not entertained by that. I'm going to watch the WorldCast athletes. I'm going to watch the UFCs. I'm going to watch the actual boxing. Um, those are the type of sports I like. Nothing against those people. They all trained and they do that and nothing against them. It's just not my speed. So Jake Paul's been getting a little bit of a reputation. He's got two knockouts so far. One against a former basketball player. And I'm saying that because I want to put it into context. And one against a retired MMA fighter. So, you know, Ben Askren, he's a retired MMA fighter. He was knocked out a couple times and obviously fighting UFC. Um, and, um... Well, this is Jake Paul's third fight. I don't know who he fought the first time. I know it was Nate Robinson. I know it was Ben Askren. I don't know who he fought the first time. I forget. It probably wasn't anybody important. But anyways, long story short, Jake Paul's getting a little bit of a reputation for himself. And he's also getting, as my, my grandma would say, you're getting a little bit too much dip in your chip. Because he's going ahead and he's challenging some really good dudes. 
Um, he has challenged the lights of Floyd Mayweather, who he's fighting next. I'll talk about how I feel about that in a sec. He's challenged um, Daniel Cremier. If you don't know who that is, he is probably one of the best heavyweight UFC fighters to ever live. Meaning, you don't want to fight this guy. Meaning, if you make a man in the bar, he's going to be one of the guys that, I don't care how big you are, he's probably going to jack you up. And he's called out some other names. The Conor McGregor's, as we all know. People like that. Um, the one thing that's interesting about the Jake Paul fights. Jake Paul has generated from these couple of fights, especially the stir fight, he's made more money than any UFC fighter has made from any pay-per-view. Now, that's that's something to think about here. Because Dana White, who's the head of UFC, has been criticized before of not paying his fighters. That's kind of been Dana White's one thing. You know, he was able to have the UFC during the pandemic. He bought an island, all these great things. But the one thing that's a knock against the UFC and everything the fighters don't get their just due. And with Jake Paul making an insane amount of money in his first three fights, it kind of puts a spotlight on that. And that brings me to a phrase or a quote from Jake Paul from his, I believe this was from his Instagram. So I'm just going to read this here. So, quote, Dana, you claim that you would bet $1 million on me losing. Set up Asquin to train with Freddie Roach and gave him full access to UFC um, places. And he still got his ass handed to him. Excuse my language. Seems like you are a real douche, not Ariel. In my third fight, I made more money in total pay than any fighter in UFC history. Maybe it's time to pay your fighters their fair share. No wonder they all want to get into boxing. Dana, you say you make the fights fans want to see. So hurry up and make Jones versus Nandaku. Pay them their fair share, $10 million purse for each guy, plus pay-per-view. Why are UFC fighters so underpaid versus boxers? Why did I make more in a third fight than all but two Khabib and Connor UFC fights UFC fighters have in history? I know why. Dot, dot, dot. End quote. Look, Jake Paul's not my favorite person. I think he's arrogant. I think he's... I think he's coming up on an, on a butt kicking from someone serious soon. I think he has what's coming to him. But he makes some good points. <laughs> he, he is asking a very favorable question. If you've ever watched UFC compared to boxing, the difference in, for lack of a better phrase, brutality, is a completely different. Now, boxing is a tough sport. UFC is a tough sport. Those are probably the two toughest sports you can sign up for. But there is a significant wage gap between UFC fighters and boxers. It's a big, it's a big gap. It, it, it's kind of like if we look at the wage gap in the country. There's a big gap between what men make and what women make. And, and when we start asking the question, well, why is that? There's not really a good answer. UFC makes plenty of revenue. Now, before... UFC wasn't openly popular. Like now, with the the passing of the pandemic and with UFC being the main thing on during the pandemic, I, I think that has changed a lot. Dana White can't use the excuse where UFC's not that mainstream, only a select few fans. I don't want to hear it, Dana. You just sold out an arena in Florida in the middle of a pandemic. Come on. People want to see this sport. People love this sport. You know, it, it, it's played in homes now. You know, 
We're sitting here like like me, my mom, my dad watched the last pay-per-view. If you say that five years ago, we're not watching it. You know, we're saying it's too gruesome, but America has adopted and adjusted to UFC. And, you know, beyond its brutality, you know, it's actually pretty safe. You know, besides getting hit in the face and getting slammed, but that's typical things with violent sports. You take that punishment. But the refs are so quick to stop a fight if a fighter's in danger or can't defend themselves. Um, You know, probably the most damage that these guys get is when they get knocked out. You know, they get their brain rattles. But other than that, they take typical pounding boxers take. Boxers get hit in the face and head all match for, what, 12, 8 rounds, you know? So, you know, talking about which one's more brutal, you know, they both have a level of brutality. But anyway, back to the point about what, what Jake Paul said here. There is a, a giant gap here. And Jake Paul's kind of using his platform to, in a sense, you know, using his platform, in a sense, bring light to that issue. He's actually advocating for actual fighters. And as much as actual fighters may not like him because they may feel like he's making uh, a mockery of the sport, um, he is fighting for them. He is saying, here, like, you should pay them more. Like, I I shouldn't be making more than... He didn't say I shouldn't, but he said, like, look, I made more than most of your fighters ever made. And you've had hundreds and hundreds of pay-per-view fights, big fights. Just had a really big fight with um, um, Jorge Mazadov and, and Usman which was one of the bigger fights a lot of people bought. So where's the money going? Well, guess what, guys? I work in business. I know where the money's going. It's going either back into the business or it's going in Dana's pocket or it's going to executives. Probably executives. Now, Dana White did buy an island, so that took some capital to do that. But that's the whole thing. Like, you have to pay your big fighters what they make. You know, just like how boxing pays his big boxers. But for some reason, um, you know, that isn't happening. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. I think that's something, if you learned anything from business from listening to me, businesses will pay themselves first and pay the executives first before they pay the people that made them the money. Um, if you work for a business or anything like that, you're going to be the last one to get a piece of the pot. You're not the first. And actually, the first people that get paid are the shareholders because you got to keep them happy and keeping them making sure they keep their money and keep buying their shares. Then the then the then the business gets paid, then the executives, then we get paid. Most of us people who work in normal positions, normal jobs who are not in upper management. And some of you are in upper management, you know how it works. You're not going to say it, but you know how it works. We all know how it works. And it's no different with sports. Now, in some and this isn't a sports podcast, so I'm gonna hop off this in a little bit. And move to my last point. I told you guys I wasn't I wasn't gonna keep you long, but I was gonna try and keep it really significant here. If we look at other sports like football, yeah, these guys get paid, but they don't have guaranteed contracts. We look at other sports, you know, like basketball, where they do have guaranteed contracts. So you'll see, you know, the business entities that really look into paying the bottom up. Instead of the top down. But just something interesting there. Um, my prediction for Jake Paul. I think he's going. Him and Floyd are fighting. I believe they're fighting sometime. Um, not next month. But the month after. What's my predictions there? I don't think. It's a money grab by Floyd. Let me be real. And I don't think Jake Paul is going to win. I think Floyd's going to do the smart thing. 
he's going to make Jake Paul fight a full fight. Jake Paul has not had to fight a full fight yet. He's knocked out Nate Robinson. He knocked out Askren. And he's, and he's fought dudes that are honestly wasn't at their best. Nate Robinson wasn't a boxer. And Ben Askren, a lot of the critics said, like, when they looked at him, he was out of shape. He didn't train good. So he wasn't really ready. He didn't take the fight seriously. Um, Floyd has a little bit more at stake here because if Floyd gets beat by Jake Paul, he has his reputation because Floyd is one of the best fighters to ever live, which I don't even know why he's taking this fight unless it's for money. Again, Floyd's known for spending an enormous amount of money, but I'm going to leave that one alone. Today, because I got draft stuff. I got to get in position. I got to get my beer. Yeah, so I got to get in position. But I, I wanted to celebrate one of my favorite podcasts got back together. And it's called the Joe Bunn Podcast. Joe Bunn Podcast, if you don't know what that podcast is about, it's basically a music podcast, but it's basically four guys who worked in the music industry in some form of capacity, talking about music, talking about the business of music, and also talk about other things like friendships, relationships, stuff like that. And they're very popular. So if you've never heard of them, they... If you look on Apple, they're probably one of the top grossing podcasts. They are one of the top grossing podcasts. So they got back together. So long story short, over the last month, a couple of its members have been missing from the podcast because of some turmoil. The story behind these four, which the, the four are Maul, Roy, Parks, and, and Joe Button, who's the, who, the, who's the podcast name after, they're all friends. They're friends. They started this podcast years ago. They wasn't making any money, and it's slowly built into this big thing that now Joe has an actual network that has multiple podcasts. Um, and they turned down big deals from Spotify and other entities. Um, and, it, and it was a whole scenario. I talked about them a little bit, but you can kind of do your own research. But the thing I want to mention here is that they had the, the last episode that they had, they talked about how they reconciled. And they brought up things, you know, they didn't bring out exact details, but they basically said they all sat down, had a conversation, they reconciled, and that's why they're on the pod. And and I want to point out one thing here. One of the members, Roy, he talked about that when we sat down and talked and we finally got done with it, I realized that that took a lot longer than it shouldn't have. Um, a lot of us had our male egos in a way, um, and that's what took it, because men have a hard time for some reason, expressing our feelings and actually sitting down and talking to each other as men. And I sat there and I thought about that and I said, he's exactly right. Ladies, let me give you a little thing about male friendships because you probably look at them like, I don't understand them. Don't worry, we look at your friendships the same way, but let me give you a little bit of insight. Male friendships are really, I would say they're really based off of positive interactions. They're not based off of trauma together they're not based off of, you know, I would say being upset about things together, shared trauma. Male male friendships are really based off a of positive experience. Let's have a beer together. Let's, we like the same sports. Stuff like that. We have something very positive in common, so we are now friends. And it's a, a lot of times it's a very easy and quick process. Or, you know... They both like to talk about women, obviously. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's kind of how male friendships are. Now, levels of male friendships, I think there's only really two levels, well, three levels of male friendship. 
There's the associate male friendship where it's what's up, bro? What's up, bro? How you been? Good, good. And you keep it pushing. You're cordial, you're straight. I'm sure there's women relationships like this. This isn't just unique to men, but that's level one. Level two is, bro, what's up? What's up? You good? You good? How you doing? How you doing? You probably can share a beer together. That's level two. Level two is well, majority, I'm I'm going to go on the limb and say, well, 95% of male friendships sit. We are cordial. We like each other enough to share a beer together for a couple hours. But after that, we don't really have any true significant conversations. We'll talk about sports. We may talk about stress with women. We may talk about some very surface level things and laugh about it. But that is an extent of our friendship. And to most males, that is a great friendship. You don't disrespect me. I respect you. We, we laugh together. Maybe we do some drugs together. And that's it. It, it, it just and just that you know you see the guy on the street you tell him like yo that's my bro that's my friend and then you have level three level three is kind of like the bonus level of male friendship it is the inner circle it is the it is the i can have a beer with you but i'm gonna text you when i'm going through something with my girl and say bro what do you think i should do if we get into an argument i'm not just gonna cut you off we're going to sit down and express our feelings like men, which is rare. There's basically, I don't want to say best friend because I think best friend is above a level. I think it's in its own category. But I want to say this is a significant male friendship, meaning I depend on you for certain things and you depend on me to certain levels. A lot of times these male friendships only really form if the males have lived together. This is not used. This usually does not happen or unless they known each other since childhood, because I've seen women have these relationships with women. They just met. It, it's the craziest thing. Like they would tell each other everything. They depend on each other. Like, oh, my God, girl, I'm, I'm, I'm so mad. I didn't meet you early in my life. Like women are really much better at making those true female. Let's call it level three friends from the get go. Males, there has to be some build up here. We have to be childhood friends. We have to constantly, you know, we had to live together or we, or, you know, there is rare that you meet a guy that you just click with, but I think that's more of a rarity than anything. So like with that being said, and going back to what Roy, one of the members of the podcast I was talking about said. There is an issue here with males and our egos and not being able to open up. And I think, I think this is Sean's opinion. This is part of the reason why we have male mental health issues because women are really good at getting things off their chest to other women. Like I, I've, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of females. If you ever sat in a room full of females, they will go on and on. And it seems like females are just gossiping and sometimes they are. But I think a lot of that is for mental health. Because I think women care more about their mental health than men. And I've talked about this, how men have kind of been designed and trained to kind of push things down. But this is also part of it. As males in friendships, we're not initially taught with friendships to at least to open up. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. Let me give you an example. My mom, she would get on the phone with her friends and talk for hours and hours and hours about anything and everything. And that's the example of female friendship I've seen for years. And you know what? My mom is not the only female that does that. You know, we ever, I'm sure some of you men who listen to this or some of you females probably relate. 
one minute you're on the phone with your girlfriend and next thing you know four hours has passed you're like where the heck did the time go same thing that with males we'll say what's up bro what's up why are you calling me hey what you know how you doing bro i'm good i'm good like how many times do you hear like really casual long conversations about men no they're mostly short sweet and to the point and those are probably the examples of male friendships you've seen growing up. Like your dad is, he calls his friend. How you doing? How you doing? Good, good. The only time males really open up to each other is if they're family. So like male friendships are a completely different dynamic. The point I'm trying to make here, I think that needs to change. Because I I think, I look at the example of what happened with the Joe Bunn podcast. And I'm going to kind of hit this point and then I'm going to leave you guys. I know, I know it's been short, but I, I want to kind of stick my point here. This probably could have been stopped or resolved a lot sooner if those four gentlemen, which I'm glad they got there, and I'm really glad they got there, not only for my sake as a fan, but for their friendship, they probably would have got to that conclusion sooner if at some point in their lives with their male friendships, they knew it was okay to express their feelings. Now, the way to kind of describe the situation, sometimes they, they need to kind of cool off, and that's great. But like Rory said, I don't think this should have took a month. So I think that's something that could really change in male friendships. And I and I kind of talked to myself the other day. Yeah, I talked to myself. I'm crazy. But it kind of challenged myself with some of my male friendships. The only issue with me, I don't really have a lot of male friends. There's multiple reasons for that. There's, you know... I've had a, a male best friend and it kind of went sour. So I'm kind of jaded. Um, There's kind of the the normal where I'm very comfortable with having level two male friends where we just grab beers and we talk about normal stuff and I don't let you in. Um, I call it the male wall and, it, and I'm working to try to get rid of it, but it's hard and it's long. But just know, ladies and gentlemen, when you're dealing with a male and a male friendship, it's a little bit different. So, yeah. Thanks for hearing that. I think it's important that we express our feelings, male. And I think ladies who listen to this podcast, it's important that if a male that you know comes to you and say like, man, you know, one of my friends, he's pissing me off and I don't know, just, just tell him to go talk to him. Encourage him to express his feelings and tell him not to be scared of the backlash or how the other man's going to react. Because I guarantee the other guy on the other side, if he's truly his friend, is probably hoping he does so they can have that open dialogue. Guys, thanks once again for rocking with me. If no one's told you today, I love you guys. Take care of yourselves. Like I always say, keep talking.